0: With you tonight. I hope you brought your Bibles with you because tonight we begin a study, we begin a series on the book of John. We are going to be looking at the book of the Gospel of John. We are going to be starting at the very, very beginning. So go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to the book of John's Gospel. Chapter number one, and we're going to begin starting here in a few moments. And uh, we're going to be, my plan is, I love, I love good Bible study. And I think that most churches don't do a lot of Bible study. We hear, we hear a lot of sermons. We hear a lot of messages that are preached. um, But we don't hear a lot of just verse by verse teaching of the scripture and uh and so um we're gonna go through we're gonna go through the book of john over the next little while it'll take a while for us to get through this uh to get through this book but we're gonna just gonna go chapter by chapter verse by verse and however long it takes to get through we're gonna get we'll get through it and uh, and once we're done with that one, then we may just dig into another book of the Bible, Amen. Amen. Yes. And uh, and uh, just see what the Lord has to share with us. So, so over the next several weeks on Wednesday night, I want you to bring your Bible. I want you, uh, if you if you got a if you got a notebook or or a journal or something, bring your notebook and let's take notes because we're going to be diving in, into some rich stuff as we look. As we look at the Gospel of John. So let's go ahead and let's get started and let's dig into this. Let's begin by way of an introduction here tonight. The Gospel of John, as we know, is the fourth section of what some call the, the four Gospels. We have the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and the last one is John. The Gospel of John was probably the last of the four that were written. And written in view of what the previous three had already said. This is one reason why that John's account of the life of Jesus is in many ways different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There are actually significant events in the ministry and the life of Jesus that Matthew, Mark, and Luke address and talk about that we don't find in the book of John. Like for instance, we don't see anything about Jesus' birth in the book of John. We don't see anything about His baptism. We don't read about the, His temptation in the wilderness. We don't read about Him casting out demons. We don't, he, we don't see the parables of Jesus in the book of John the Last Supper is not recorded in the book of John. His agony in Gethsemane is not listed in there. And his ascension is not in there. But we're going to see here in just a moment why that the book of John is actually written. The first three gospels center on Jesus' ministry in Galilee. But the gospel of John centers on his ministry in Jerusalem. Each of the Gospels emphasize a different origin of Jesus. For instance, in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew shows Jesus came from Abraham through David and demonstrated that He is the Messiah promised in the Old Testament. Mark shows Jesus come from Nazareth demonstrating that Jesus is a servant. Luke shows Jesus coming all the way from Adam, demonstrating that Jesus is the perfect man. But John shows Jesus come from heaven and demonstrating that Jesus is the Son of God. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as what we like to call the synoptic gospels. Uh, the word synoptic means that it is things that are seen together. That's the reason why if you, when you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they really tell about the same stories, the same, uh, the same uh, things. But John looks at things a little bit differently. The first three Gospels focus more on what Jesus taught and did. John focuses more on who Jesus is. John shows us who Jesus is by highlighting seven signs or miracles that Jesus did. When we look throughout the book of John, the Gospel of John is highlighted by seven miracles that Jesus will perform. Six of these miracles are not mentioned in the other three Gospels. John also shows us who Jesus is by allowing Jesus to speak for himself in seven dynamic I am statements. You'll hear him in the book of John talk about that he is the bread of life, that he that and, uh, and we will hear a lot more of that. John shows us who Jesus is by giving the testimony witness witnesses who testify about the identity of Jesus. Four of these witnesses speak in chapter 1 alone. So why was the Gospel of John written? John makes it very, very clear in the Gospel that that this book is written for a specific purpose. And that is that the Gospel of John is written that we might believe. That we might, if there is one purpose surrounding in this book, in the Gospel of John, it is the fact that we might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you read this book, if you read the Gospel of John, and you do not come away with the knowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then you have missed the entire theme of what John is simply writing about as a matter of fact he writes in john chapter 20 and verse 31 and says but these things are written that ye may believe that jesus is the christ the son of god and that believing you may have life in his name we don't know much about John he doesn't tell us much about himself in this gospel but a few things that we do know we do know that John's father was Zebedee we do know that John uh, about John's mother was one was one of the ones that went to the tomb early on in the morning of the resurrection of Jesus John's brother was James John was a partner in the fishing business with Peter And John and his brother James were given the nickname the Sons of Thunder. The reason why they were called the Sons of Thunder is that we realize that there comes a point in their ministry walking with Jesus that they are the ones that are actually wanting to call down fire from heaven to consume those that have rejected who Jesus is. This gospel that we are going to read, the gospel of John, it is one of the most beloved books of all of the Bible. It has been said that its stories are so simple that even a child will love them. But it's statements that are so profound that no, uh, that no philosopher could ever fathom them. So if we give diligently, one writer said, if we give Diligent attention to entertainment, to sports, to music or the news. How much more should we give careful attention when a man is speaking from heaven and utters a voice plainer than thunder? What we are going to see in this gospel are the very words of Jesus. We are going to see how Jesus identifies himself as the Son of God. So as we go through this gospel. I want us to give ears to hear what the Lord is saying. I want us to get a fresh Vision and a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. And by the time that we get done, we should be able to go out and share and to know that these things were written so that we may know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if there's ever a time that we need to know that He is not simply just one way. He is not simply a prophet among many prophets. Or that He is not simply that one way among many ways. John said that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way. He is the only by the only means where we might be saved. Amen? Amen. And so when we read the Gospel of John, that's what we're looking at. That is what we're going to Discuss. So, how many are ready to get in to this? Amen? And so we're gonna get into it, and we're just gonna go, we're gonna go verse by verse, and we're gonna look at this. So let's start in John chapter one and verse one. The Bible says, in John chapter one and verse one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 2 says and he was in the beginning with God. So much to unpack right there. I told I told brother Jacob at the start of the service tonight. I told him I said we'll probably only get through the first two verses of chapter 1 tonight. Because there is just so much to unpack here. In the beginning the Bible says, in the beginning, John's gospel says, and this refers to the timeless eternity of Genesis 1 and nineteen, in Genesis chapter 1 where it says in the beginning God created in the heavens and the earth. John essentially wrote, when the beginning began, the word was already there. Before time, before space, before anything was ever spoken into existence, the Word was already there. And the idea is presented in this very first verse that the Word existed before creation or even time. John makes it clear that the Word is not just the beginning but the Word was before the beginning. But it is, the Word is the beginning of the beginning. He was there in the beginning before anything was. I heard, a pre- I heard a Baptist preacher say one time, you know the reason why we say that Jesus stepped out on nothing and created everything? Because there was nowhere and nothing for Him to step out on. And what we are seeing here is that in the beginning, before time existed, before the galaxies were formed, before the stars were flung into place, the Word was present. John makes it clear again that before anything was, the Word was. Scripture says, was the Word. In the beginning, was the Word. Had the Word a beginning? John says no. There was no beginning. For if we reach back to any beginning, there has always been the existence of the Word. At once, it is evident to John's vision the Word is none other than God, the self existing one. That before anything was, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Before anything was ever spoken, the word was in, and the word was in place. and that is important for us to understand that is, a, that, is a, that is key to us because if we believe that the Word had a beginning, then He is not God. Because the only thing, the only person that could never have a beginning was God Himself. And we read, John goes right out of the gate. And he says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And guess what? The Word was God. So we need to understand right from the very beginning that Jesus Christ is God. Amen? Amen. This description was the Word is given in order that we may at once grasp a continuous history which runs out of an unmeasured past in the identity of the person who is the subject of this history. Let me explain to you what that means. That means we need to understand how this all began. We need to understand why we are here. We need to understand, we need to understand that before that in eternity past there was something and what was that something and john says in the beginning was the word that word, word is very very important the the word that john uses to describe the word is the ancient greek word logos the idea of the logos had deep and re- and rich roots both and Jewish and Greek thinking. Jewish rabbis often referred to God in terms of His Word. They spoke of God Himself as the Word of God. For instance, in Exodus chapter 19 and verse 17, Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. But in in Jewish translations, in the Jewish scholars, they say that Moses brought the children of Israel out to meet the Word of God. So it carried a specific meaning. The Greek, philo- the, 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 the Greek philosophers saw the Logos as the power that puts sense into the world. Making the world order, orderly instead of chaotic. The Logos was the power that set the world in perfect order and kept it going in perfect order. They saw the Logos as the ultimate reason that controlled all things. Therefore, in this opening, John is saying to both the Jews and the Greeks, for centuries, you've been talking, thinking, and writing about the Word. Now, I'm going to tell you who the Word is. Ah, I, this is good preaching. Because for so long, let me just stop right here. And let me just say for so long, there, there are people that are searching. There are people that are trying to understand why the world is the way that it is. Scientists, that scientists study in rooms and, and do experiments and everything. Trying to figure out why that the earth is in the orbit that it is in. And trying to find reason and trying to find logic. But John says, listen, I want to tell you something. The reason why everything is in the order that it is in. The logic that you're looking for. The reason that you're looking for is wrapped up in one person. And that is the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And let me introduce you to Him. That's the reason why it is so important to us. That it's so important to the church. That That when we're out and about. And people are talking about that they're searching for meaning in life. And they're searching for things in their life. That is a perfect opportunity for us to stand back and say. Hey listen, you're searching for meaning. You're searching for truth. You're searching for reason. Let me introduce you to the one that has reason. That has truth that has power in everything. Let me introduce you to Jesus. Amen. Amen? And that's what John was doing here. John was using a term with various shades of meaning which was common in everywhere so that people could understand what he was saying. The word that is being used could not this word Logos could not be denied what he was talking about. He was talking about the one that holds it all into existence. And listen to what he says. He says "And the word was with God. And the word was God. With this brilliant statement in John 1 and 1 sets forth one of the most basic foundations of our faith. And you know what it is? It is one God, eternally existing, and three. God the Father, Mm -hmm. God the Son or the Word, Mm -hmm. and God the Holy Spirit. Because there is a being, John is saying, known as the Word. And John is saying this being is God because He is eternal. Jesus, the Word, was not created. He was not created into existence. He has always been. He, is, he has always, He always was. As a matter of fact, when you get into the book of Revelation, it is Jesus that is described as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Before anything was, the Word was. And this being is God because He is eternal, meaning in the beginning. And this being, the Word is God because he is plainly called God. And at the same time, and listen to this, this, this being does not encompass all that God is. Because see, God the Father is a distinct person from the Word. Just as that the Holy Spirit is a distinct person from the Father and the Son. So the Father And the Son, who is known as the Word, are equally God, yet distinct in their person. The Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Father. Yet they are both equally God. With God the Holy Spirit making one God eternally existing in three persons. The Word was with God. That is a that word. With is an intimate, is an is an is an intimate terminology there that means to know somebody. That means that the word and the Father joined uh, enjoyed intimate fellowship with each other, and the Bible says in the word was God. This is the true form of the sentence. Not God was the word but he but the word was god luther said martin luther said that the word was god is very important it is the foundation of all of our christianity and the word was god Everything that can be said about God the Father can be said about God the Son. And Jesus in the Word dwells all the wisdom, glory, power, love, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth of the Father. It is all wrapped up in the Word because the Word is a reflection of who God the Father is. That's the reason why Jesus said, If you've seen Me, you have seen the Father. Amen? It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We need to understand that because there is a certain group of people out there that, Will come and knock on your door, and we'll try to tell you that the word was created. As a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and just call it for what it is, the Jehovah's Witness will actually translate the scripture and their Bible saying that in the beginning the word was, and the word and the word was with God, and the word was a God. And this translation is used to deny the teaching that Jesus is God. There are people that are claiming to be Christians. The chosen and elect of God that do not believe in the deity of Jesus. And we need to understand. We need to understand that anything. Anything. That rejects the notion that Jesus is the Son of God ought to be rejected completely. Amen. Amen. I, I, I am saddened to be able to tell you right now that there are, there are ministers that are filling, that are filling pulpits that believe that Jesus was not the Son of God. And they espouse to that. What we've got to understand is that if He is not the Son of God, if He is not the Word made flesh, we have no hope. And we need to understand that. There, there There is one prominent minister, and I will not call his name right now, but there is one prominent minister out on the West Coast that, that has, for years, has tried to merge the ideology of Christianity in Islam, stating that we serve the same God. No, we don't. No, no we don't. We do not serve the same God. Jesus is not. It, it, it is, it is not just a prophet. He is not just a he is just not just a good preacher. He is the son of God. He is the Lamb that, as John said in Revelation, was the, that was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the Word. He is the one that went to Golgotha's hill and he hung on a cross and he stretched forth his hands and he cried out, It is finished, so that your sins and my sins could be bought and paid for and so that you and I would not have to go to a devil's hell. It is the same God, it is the same word that spoke this world into existence and said let there be light," and there was light. It is the same God, it is the same word that came to Moses and said take the shoes from off of your feet for the ground and what you stand on is holy ground. It's word that told Moses he said you don't tell Pharaoh that I am that I am has sent you to deliver it's that same word that appeared before Joshua and told Joshua he said I'm not for you and I'm not against you but as the captain of the host of heaven I am I am the Lord I want to tell you it is the same God it is the same word that stepped out on the bow of the boat and said of the Lord He will return Amen We need to say We need to believe that He is the Word We need to believe that He is the Word And I don't care what anybody says He says that He was in the beginning with God this again makes the point that the Father is distinct from the Son and the Son distinct from the Father. They are equally yet separate. See, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I know there are good, mean people out there that do not believe in the Trinity. But I want to tell you right now, You'll have a hard, they have a hard time understanding Scripture. Because, I, I, let me just walk you through this. And this is not this is not an in-depth study on the Trinity. But I want to tell you, if if, 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 if if there was only just one and not three in one, then when Jesus came to walk on this earth and we believe that He was God wrapped in the flesh, then heaven would have been empty. Amen. 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 Great Jesus. But I want to tell you what we see at the baptism of Jesus. Is that we see the voice from heaven speaking that says this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. We see the spirit descending from heaven in the bodily form of a dove. And we see the son being baptized. I want to tell you I believe in the word. I believe. Jesus Christ. I believe that He is the Word. I believe that He's the one that spoke everything into existence. I believe it was the Word that reached down and picked up a handful of dust and carved out the fashion of a man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the Bible says that man became Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that tonight. We need to understand that He is the Word. We need to understand that He is the Alpha and that He is the Omega. He is the beginning and He is the end. He is the first and the last. If we don't get anything else out of this study... Over the, uh, over the upcoming weeks. But the fact. That the word. Is Jesus. And he is God. I'm going to say that again. And he is. God. God. Wrapped up in human flesh. That came. And walked among us. If that is the only thing that we ever take away. From this study. Over the upcoming weeks. Then we have grasped the most. Probably the most important thing. And we need to understand tonight. We need to understand in closing. I told you we were only going to get through the first couple of verses. Tonight. We got a long way to go. But we need to understand in the beginning. Was the word. And the same God that was in the beginning, the same word that was in the beginning, is the same word that is with us right now. I was thinking about this today and and I never looked at it. I, it never dawned on me. You ever had one of those moments to where you you look at a passage of scripture and all of a sudden it's just like a light goes off in, in your head. Remember in Hebrews chapter four and verse twelve, the Bible says, "For the for the word of God is quick and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword." And I understand that a lot of times when we talk about that scripture and we preach that scripture, we want to talk about the book. But when the writer of Hebrews said the word is quick and powerful, that word quick is the same word that, is, that Paul uses in in his writings to Timothy when he says that I charge you Timothy before God who shall judge the quick and the dead that word quick in the Greek actually means living and so what the writer of Hebrews was saying is that the word is living and powerful now don't misunderstand what I'm saying here but this leather bound book is not alive. Man, it's true. The this is just, a, is just paper with words on it. But what's behind it right. makes the difference. Right. Because the Word wrote. The word. Yes. right, Amen. And it is the word Jesus. Wrapped in human flesh. Yeah. That is alive. As a matter of fact. Writer I, I John. Writes in Revelation. Actually it's Jesus speaking. He says I am he that was dead. And behold I am alive. Forevermore. And behold I have the keys of death. And of hell. It's the word that is alive. That's the reason why that Jesus could stand up and look at Mary and Martha and say, I am the resurrection and I am the life. That's the reason why that whatever situation that you're in that may seem dead and hopeless, the word is alive. And when the word shows up in the middle of your situation, dead things become alive. And Hebrews says that not only is alive, but it is also powerful. It is not that the B-I-B-L-E is powerful, but it is the word behind the word that is powerful. And it, 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 that is what is powerful. And I want to tell you, I may not have a book in my hand but if i can utilize the word if i can utilize the one not not some fancy cliche and not and, and not some charismatic mumbo jumbo but if i can utilize jesus if i can speak Word, what is the word that I need to speak? Sometimes there's not anything else I can say in my prayer time but Jesus. But here's the thing: because Paul writes in Philippians that God hath exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things on the earth and of things under the earth, and that every tongue will can that Jesus Christ is the Son of God To the glory of God the Father I want to tell you We may not be able to quote 66 books of the Bible But I tell you what you can do You can quote the Word And the Word is Jesus And sometimes when we don't know What we ought to say Sometimes we just need to stand back and say Jesus And when we speak the Word I want to tell you All of hell be to tremble and demons begin to flee and sickness begins to be cured when we speak the word. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Stand with me all over this house tonight. I tell you we're learning about Jesus and that's what's important. We're learning about the word. And we need to get the Word in us. Not just memorizing some Bible verses. But we need to get the Word that was made flesh on the inside of us. So, I tell you, aren't you thankful for the Word? We need to praise God for the Word. We need to thank Him that He is the Word. And so I don't want you to miss I don't want you to miss a Wednesday night of this. Because we've got some rich stuff to dig into and to talk about, Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you were in the beginning. You are God. And you are with us right now. Father, I just pray. I just thank you, Lord God. That wherever I'm at, you're there with me. And Father, I'm just asking you, Lord God, over these next several weeks as we go through this study. That you would would illuminate our minds, our hearts, our our understanding. That we may get a fresh glimpse of you. And Father, we'll never cease to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen Amen and Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed that message. Uh, on the Gospel of John Starting the series uh, Walking through the uh, The Gospel of John Verse by verse by verse And I uh, hope that that is I uh, hope that's been a blessing to you I am sitting here with Two wonderful people I am sitting here with my two uh, My two daughters Melody and harmony, and they're gonna help me close out this uh, out this podcast episode. Melody, do you want to say hello to everybody? Hi. And harmony, do you want to say hello to everybody? Hi. And so they are just just thrilled to be a part of this. And uh, did you want to share something, Melody, that you've learned from the Bible recently? Hmm. Sure okay so what I know from the Bible is that there was this woman I forgot her name and um he was brave and then God's people was being treated by a bad evil king and then one day God went to this the woman and told her to go to this man I forgot his name too and um He went to him and told him God's plan. And that was when he said that he would not go unless he did. And then he did go. And God made him have 200 men. I believe that was right. No, 2,000? That was later one of those. And then what? Then what happened? Did Did God help save everyone? Yes. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Harmony. You want uh, to share something that you've learned briefly in Sunday school? I don't. I forgot. You forgot. Well, that's okay. That's all right. Do you know the Jesus loves me song? Yes. You want to sing that to everybody before we sign off tonight? Sure. Jesus loves me as yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. There are weak, but he is wrong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Good job. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this episode today. And uh, look forward to joining you again next time as we continue our study in the book of John. God bless.